Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 214 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Lori Barker. Lori lives outside of Eugene, Oregon, and she is a payroll administrator for a nonprofit research organization. Welcome, Lori. It's very nice to be here. I'm really, really glad to have you. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, the first little seed for me was planted in, I'm thinking it was probably in early 2017. I went to my eye doctor. And she's about my age, maybe a little bit younger. We were, for somehow we got, oh, I know how, my eye, my eyes are very dry, which is a, was a a normal menopausal 
thing that happens with people with hormones. And we were talking about it and we were talking about menopause in general and all the little things that go on and kind of, and then it got into, you know, weight gain and how your weight starts creeping up. And she's this very fit, very, you know, petite person. And, and she says, you know, I, I just, I saw that starting to happen just a little bit. And she said, I, there's a lot of really good research out now that fasting is something that can really help rein that in. And she was real excited that she didn't go into details about the research, but she, you know, said that this is kind of a newer thing that's coming out in a lot of research. And she said that she and her husband started fasting one day a week, just completely fasting, just one day a week. The other days they all ate normally and did their regular exercise and health. You know, she's a very healthy person. But she said just doing this one day a week has kept everything in check and the weight stopped creeping up and she felt good and and everything. And I just, of course, at the time when you, you don't think of it, I mean, I just thought, wow, that seems harsh that sounds you know, like a like lot right not eating for a whole day that's just like not you know whatever but you know the, the seed was planted somewhat so you know I went along my merry way and then sometime later in the year I decided to start sort of researching it myself and so I did the whole internet go down the rabbit hole different kind of fasting and and that's when I kind of came across intermittent fasting. And I, I can't remember what the first, you know, I kind of joined a Facebook group. It wasn't yours at first. It was another one. And I liked the concepts and the ideas. And I started, you know, researching more about it from that. But it was very much a, well, you're not going to be able to successful unless you take this class, that you have to take this class sort of thing. And I was really turned off by that because I thought, this is the most simple concept ever. You know, I want to know more about it and all that, but I don't I don't think I need somebody to tell me more than just don't eat for certain hours a day. So I just kind of I kind of veered away from that for a while. And, and eventually I ran into your group and then got the book and it all just sort of clicked from there. So at that point it was delay don't deny. That was the only book yep. that was out. So yep. you started with with mm-hmm. DDD. Yep. Sure as did. we call it. Loved it. Yep. <laughs> So you know, it is funny because you're right. It seems like it's so simple. You just eat. That's it. Don't eat. Eat. Don't eat. <laughs> like Brad Pilon and his Eat, Stop, Eat. That was the name of his program. And I love it. Eat, stop, eat. It, so it, I, I like, like that it, a lot. At the very Although there, there's more to it, obviously, when you start digging in as for what it does and also the clean fast and all of that. But it is. It's very simple. I, I don't know that you would need a class. You're exactly I don't right. Think so I understand the need that some people want some support and they want somebody to encourage and all that. And I'm sort of a lone wolf out here. You know, I mean, I like all I like the community and the whole thing, but I just didn't want to do that. So I liked your group a lot better because everybody was just talking about the book and supporting each other online. And, you know, I liked that. It's the community, right? That's my whole that's my whole thing. And you're now in the Delayed on Tonight community that is off of Facebook. So I'm really glad that you're there. And I love it there so much. Yeah, (laughs) it really is great. I was just talking to somebody who had just come over from Facebook the other day, a couple days ago, and she's talking about, you know, I finally made it over from Facebook. And like, finally, I can talk to people instead of just managing groups. Yes, that's the best part. I've never had to delete a comment or delete a post or have a problem with a member. I mean, knock on wood, like I'm literally going to knock on wood. (laughs) Knocking on wood. (laughs) (laughs) But 
but it's just it's just such an amazing place. I'm not doing management of people. You're just what engaging I'm doing is engaging. Yeah, and, and you know, no one's arguing about things. Everyone genuinely wants to to find answers and help each other and support each other, and that's what a true community is all about. So I'm really really glad that you're you're part of that. But because I think community is what has made me successful. You know, I think back to when I started. And as of the date we're recording this, it's it's March, and we are almost at my seven-year anniversary of maintenance. And I'd never maintained a weight loss before, but if it hadn't been for community, I don't know if I would have, right? Right. Yeah. Who knows? It's a lot. I mean, it, it keeps you engaged, and it keeps your mind engaged with the concepts and whatever, and just it, it, it's accountability, it's it's support, it's, yeah, it's great. And it has helped me helping others has helped me as much as it's helped other people, honestly, when I, you know, because I had to learn about the stuff to help people. <laughs> and so learning about it made me, you know, able to give better answers to people. So that's just been so important. So you started, you found Delay Don't Deny. What was it like when you, when you first said, okay, I'm doing it? It was the beginning of August, I believe in 2017, when I, when I started, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I think I had started it when I was still like kind of following that other group and still kind of flailing around on the internet, but I started it. It was easy for me to do the actual fasting because I, A, already drank black coffee. I don't like a lot of sweet stuff in the morning. I'm not a sweet stuff person, especially first thing in the morning. And that's the other thing. I don't like a lot first thing in the morning. So just kind of cutting out breakfast altogether daily. I mean, that's basically all I did to start is just cut out breakfast. And that really was, I understand how that could be hard for some people that really like it, but I never did. I always, and a little bell rang in my head when I started cutting out breakfast altogether and eating, I started like just cut out breakfast, eat lunch like at 11 or 1130. And then I'd eat, kind of eat dinner kind of early. And I just kind of, it was pretty easy for me. I mean, I just think I'm kind of geared to be a faster. I'm not one of those people that did a lot of grazing. I never was a late night snacker. So that part was also easy for me. So I kind of eased into it. Honestly, it wasn't a struggle, although I understand how it can be for other people. But I just think that my system is just sort of built to eat a, a lot in a short period of time and then go along. I mean, I just think some people physically have an easier time of that. I think you're probably right. And and it's it's did you always like force yourself to eat breakfast because you thought you should? I wouldn't say I forced myself. I always felt bad when I didn't, like I was being something, doing something unhealthy. But what I usually ate for breakfast wasn't all that healthy anyway, you know? So I, yeah. No, I didn't really force it. But what I had noticed though, and this all clicked with me, was the times when I did skip breakfast just because I didn't have time or forgot or whatever was busy, I was never as hungry by lunchtime as I was on the days when I ate breakfast. And that never made sense to me. It's not anything that I thought about enough to go research, but I thought, this is why. I mean, it just like, it was just like a big old light bulb went off with me. Like, that's why when I didn't eat breakfast, I wasn't as hungry at lunchtime. I just like, I thought I must be crazy. That seems like that (laughs) couldn't possibly be true. But I had noticed the same thing that when I ate, it made me want to eat more, kind of like it got the, got the appetite going. Gets the ball rolling. Right. Yep. It sure did. Yeah. So you just, you eased right in and you just were like, bam, I'm doing it. Yeah. And it I had a long window, you know, like I said, I, it was, it was probably, I started out with, you know, like a eight hour eating window or something like that. And I've always been pretty flexible about it. I'm not like, you know, like I, ha- I, I did use the app. I used an app. 
at first to track my fast because I found that nice for accountability and just to see. I like data and stuff. So I, I did that and the Happy Scale app. And I those two things I kind of used. And I just breezed right into it. But, you know, my food choices weren't the greatest. And <laughs> but still, at first, I I found I I think I lost like it was uh, like about 10 pounds in the first month, which for me is really good. But I mean, that was just a lot of puffiness and whatnot. Inflammation. Yeah, it really was. But that felt so good. I mean, that's what that's when I got hooked immediately, because I'm just like, you know, I can't tell that I'm necessarily losing fat, but I just felt so much better. I didn't wake up with the puffy ankles and fingers. And I mean, that was just like a really quick non-scale victory for me. You know, when I really noticed it was, this was probably maybe a month into it. I was like tying my shoes or bending over to do something. And I thought, I'm almost like, I felt like I was like more flexible, like, like all this fat around my organs was like going away. You know, that's what it felt like. Like I was suddenly didn't have, it's really hard to explain, but that's what I get it, it though. felt it's like. like. If, you, if we think about, you know, like visualize ourselves internally, right, our abdominal cavity, and we think about our organs and how there's supposed to be room in there, if we have a lot of visceral fat, it is really packed in there. And so it really like squishes your whole body kind of like packed in. I remember how hard it was to bend over. And I mean, I remember obviously when I was pregnant, especially when I was pregnant with Will, because I got a lot bigger with him trying to paint my toenails and I couldn't. And so I'm like crying and Chad's painting my toenails because I had this big belly in the way, right? But that was the way it was when I was obese too. It felt like I had that big pregnancy belly in the way and I couldn't bend over because it was just, it felt so tight and packed in. So you were already feeling... And I'm still, I'm still obese, but, but, I, but it's just entirely different. Like I can easily touch my toes and put my hands down on that. I mean, and I just like something internally has changed and it feels so good. <laughs> so it's I, loosened up, yeah, loosened up that visceral fat. It really, it really was dramatic thing that I noticed. So I lost, you know, I lost 10 pounds. I was hooked on, this is great. And then I probably lost another in the two, the next two months, I probably lost a, like a pound a week. You know, I've never been a fast weight loss person anyway. And I thought that's good. I'm on a roll here. And then I kind of just like <laughs> the gears started slowing down. And I, you know, partly because I, I think I got a little bit looser with my window. You know, I started eating lunch a little earlier and just kind of just creeping. Window creep. Creeping and taking the days. You know, I try really hard with that, you know, Saturday's not a holiday <laughs> kind of thing. But that, I, I think I, I did a little bit too much overeating on the weekends, you know, drinks with friends, that kind of stuff. And it, so it started kind of like creeping back very slowly, but sort of creeping back. And like a year and a half later, I was back up to my starting weight again. And I was like, so then I kind of tightened everything back up again and basically just tightened my window up, started eating a little bit better, lost again. Couldn't quite get to Wonderland. I was like, oh, so close away. I got a pedicure because I'm like, I'm going to take one of those cute pictures that shows I'm at 199. I was all excited about it. Bought it and I didn't do it. I got oh. to 202 and then I started creeping back up again. 
And that, so, I think the scale, it's like your body knows psychologically. Because I can remember, I just wanted to be in the 120s. That was it. That was my goal. Well, at first I wanted to be 135. But then when I got to, that was my initial goal. Then I was like, no, I want to be in the 120s. I want to see 129, 128, whatever. And my body's like, nope, no, we're going to show you 130.01. <laughs> I know. It's like a mental, it's like, I don't know what it is. I definitely have set points. I mean, I've always, I can tell you what, I mean, like most women probably can tell you through their life, you know, what my set points were. And it's just, that seems to be one, like that seems to be one that's really hard to break. But I know once I break it, I'm on my way back down there again, I'll get down there. But well, well, that was the day that I threw my scale in the trash. You know, I'm sure you've heard me tell that story because I was certain it had been a year since I'd weighed and I had lost two jean sizes and I knew it was going to have a two. I knew it was. Then I got on that stupid scale and it had one, three. I can't remember. Was it was a zero or one or something. But I was like, what? I was a little so angry. Then I'm like, that is so dumb for me to be angry about that number. But anyway, but I, you know, I don't have a lot of, I don't really have those scale issues that people do. I understand that some people really do in it, but I, I fluctuate so much day to day that it just, it doesn't phase me too much. You know, I really do look at the averages and everything and it doesn't like ruin my whole day. Although sometimes I get frustrated with it, but I go with how I feel. Sometimes the disconnect between, you know, like I can feel like parts of my body that I can tell are thinner and the scale's not showing it and then it's just then it just makes me mad but it is what it is but I I find if I don't the times in my in my life when I have really started creeping up with my weight are the times when I just haven't weighed at all we all face stress in our daily lives what if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. 
And, you know, research shows that. Research does show. I mean, research can show a lot of things, and there's outliers to everything. You know, people that it's not 100% true, but in general, people who weigh daily tend to have, you know, better better grasp on what's happening. And I will say the times prior to intermittent fasting when my weight went the craziest high was when I had stopped weighing. This is the only time I've managed to maintain and not weigh. And it's just, you know, going by my clothes and how I feel. But that's thanks to intermittent fasting and really being in tune with my honesty pants. But so people sometimes think I'm anti-weighing and I'm not. I just... I don't know, a weighing disorder. Maybe we talk about eating disorders. I might have a weighing disorder. Just the thought of getting on a scale and seeing a number gives me anxiety. Even now, see, I don't have it all together. But it's it's because if I got on it and it said a number that was higher than I thought it should say, I would immediately have diet thoughts, which I don't want to have. So, And I'm just, I am not also, uh, and this is probably part of my problem through life with my weight, is that I am not a cereal dieter. I am not one of those people that has gone on all the crazy diets, done all the things, whatever. I am very slow, meticulous with my, you know, like I won't do something until I know what it is and what I'm doing and, and whatever. And then I'm just like fearful of trying to do something that I'm going to look like you know, the outside world. I'm trying this crazy diet and everybody's going to be looking at me like I'm crazy, you know. Well, and you're I'm an accountant, right? You've got that math yeah, background. Yeah. You've got that left brain tendency. And I'm just not an impulsive person. You know, it's just like I have some of my best friends are very like jump on the, a bandwagon, something new, and they're all excited and gung-ho. And, they, and I'm sitting there. I'm the moderate one. You know, I'm always the moderate one that's like. I don't know what are the pros and cons and you know and so the it, times in my life that I've lost weight it's just been through sort of doing just the general skipping a meal cutting down here and there with my amount of food that I eat my quantity and and exercising more exercise I am a person that actually exercise does seem to help me with the scale that's probably part of my problem lately too is I haven't been exercising as much but you know I don't jump into stuff so I I I never have been one I don't think there's I tried keto for a little while which I'm like what you've said that your experience was I did not feel good I didn't didn't feel good no no and I know you know I'm kind of a carb addict but I don't think that I would feel good trying to cut them out completely well you know I when you say carb addict are you talking about like potatoes or are you talking about like processed carbs i'm talking like pasta like if somebody said yeah. you can only have one meal like you know whatever it would be macaroni and cheese like yeah. it's the worst combo i like the fat with the carbs fat together. and the carbs yeah Just yeah mush Me them too. Together. they're so delicious potatoes and gravy <laughs> i love right. rice butter yeah mm. i would much rather have that stuff if i go to a buffet like which i try not to go to a buffet but you know if i do I don't even usually get dessert. I don't even look at the, 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 I'm not like a, I like, I mean, there's, you know, I like sweets, like, you know, but I'm not, that's not my, sugar's not my jam. It's like a big yeah. old plate of macaroni and cheese. And I get that. <laughs> and usually the desserts at those places are not all that great. No, I'd rather but fill up on the other stuff and then I'm just. Like the mashed potatoes are usually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am right there. And the rolls, those places usually have really oh, good rolls, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'd like them now. It's been a long time since I've been to a buffet. Me too. Like, really I long time. I, it's not a good place for me. 
No, they're but I don't good. even really. I might not like it anymore. I can't. The last time I've been to a buffet was probably on a cruise ship, and we know when that was. Yeah, twenty nineteen was the last time I've been on a cruise ship. So. They're not. The food's usually not. It's not window worthy. <laughs> it's not window worthy. <laughs> All right, so you alluded to, you said you're still obese. Mm-hmm. And so you started with the goal to to lose weight, and you lost some, and it came back, and then you lost some. And, and so you've kind of gone up and down within a range. My happy scale right? looks like a mountain range, basically. Does it? Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Well, I don't like to be told what to eat. I'm very stubborn in this way. I just, this way I don't like diets because when somebody says you can't have rice, the first thing I want to do is have rice. And I'm just like, it's miserable for me. It's just miserable for me to say, cut certain foods out. And I just can't live that way. So the best thing for me to cut is I could try to cut quantities, which again, it's hard for me because I'm just like a, you know, a cereal overeater. I, I'm the same way. I like to eat until I feel a certain amount satisfied. Yeah. that's It's important. Yeah. I get it. And so I think I've found, I think I'm finally kind of a little bit on a roll. I mean, I'm always going to be a slow loser and that's fine. I think my happy scale says you're going to reach your goal in 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be real I'll old. Have you back. Okay. I will have you back <laughs> on the show. I'll send send me a message in the community and say, I'm ready. Remember you said? I'd be like, no, I can't remember. What was that? (laughs) 13 years. No, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, poor happy scale. Well, the fact that it's it's projecting success is always a good sign. It is. And and, and it's just, you know, it just depends on what week you're checking to see what it says. That's true. And honestly, the whole thing for me has turned to health and feeling comfortable with myself. I'm not anymore like honed in on that. I've got to lose weight. I've got to lose weight. Because I think for me, fasting, because I've literally, it it hasn't been like I've dropped off the wagon, started eating breakfast. I've literally fasted for four years or over four years. And I feel great. I mean, I feel great in a lot of other ways other than just the excess weight is, is just uncomfortable. It's just anybody that is, you know, I just don't believe people that say, I feel great you know you just don't it's, I didn't feel great I'm it's it's really hard on your body to carry a, around 80 extra pounds you know it, it really is your knees and your feet it's just it takes a toll on your health and I was pre-diabetic and fasting has completely eliminated that I mean back down into the you know 5.5 or whatever my a1c is now without losing a substantial amount of weight I mean, my doctor wasn't convinced of that. He's like, oh, you lost 10 pounds. It must be that. And I'm like, it's the 10 pounds. It cured your A1C. I can tell you like 10 years ago before fasting, I was this weight and my A1C was way higher. So you tell me what the difference is. You know, I'm getting a new doctor. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, you know, that's awesome. So your A1C, what had it been before? Do you remember? I remember. I tried to look that up, but I know that I was in the pre-diabetic range, just barely into it. But I know I was in that range and that's, I don't normally get my A1C tested. The doctor doesn't usually do that. So he did that because he wanted to see if I was going further into that and we needed to address it or not. And so it, so he was like, oh, that's good. But my cholesterol's got gone way down. I've got a really bad history of heart disease in my family, on one side of my family. 
so I, you know, I know there's all controversy over taking, you know, statins and things like that, but I'm scared to death. Obviously not scared to death enough to do everything I need to for my health, but I do take cholesterol meds, but it went down substantially. My cholesterol did. It, it dipped down into normal for everything. Finally, after, I mean, this is the first time in, I don't know, 15, 20 years, it dipped down into normal ranges for everything. And then the next year it went back up just a little bit. Just a went, little bit. What? You know, so I don't know what that's about. I just don't trust those tests. They're such a little moment in time. And I just, I hate that. That gives me anxiety is going to get the tent and be like, oh, what did I eat the last week? And should I, how long should I have fasted? And what, because I want it to be comparative to the year before. So anyway, but I, I know it's improved. It has improved. It did bounce a little bit, but I do know that it's maybe not completely in the normal ranges, but it's a lot better. So at this point, I just, I feel great fasting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for a while, but the weight loss part is something I have to address separately you know, for me, I've got to just find ways. And, and lately I, I, I did the Zoe test. So that was interesting. So what did you discover there? You know, mine sounds like about like yours did. I clear sugar about normal fat, not so good. Not so good at clearing fat. And my gut health is pretty bad. What's that? I've got gut problems. That doesn't shock me because I have this recurring gut issue that comes up and I cannot trace it to any food. I've kept food diaries. I've done everything. I cannot figure out what, I know stress makes it worse, but I'm not sure if that's the only thing, but I can't find any sort of food that triggers it. It just seems completely random and I'll have it and just feel like crap for a day or two sometimes, but sometimes it'll only be for a few hours and, and sometimes I'll go months and won't have it. And sometimes it'll be, it's just the most weird random thing that I can't seem to track down but I haven't been having it as much I've been doing a lot better eating I wouldn't say exactly to the Zoe standards but I'm definitely it's not easy it's 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 hard but I'm definitely taking that into account with what I eat I'm eating more vegetables I'm eating more beans I'm eating less meat you know, less carbs. I started using pastas made from chickpeas instead of right. You know, well, they're regular. actually really good. Yeah, those chickpea pastas. Like for me, I refuse to eat food pretending to be other food that's not as good. Yeah, yeah, they are. Like, I'm not going to do have that. A little taste to them, like I like it. Whatever it is, it's like a little bit of mm-hmm. tooth to it as well. It's like a little al dente. But I it actually is. really like that chickpea. The texture is really nice of it. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. But I don't always use it because some things I just think the taste of it. it interferes a little bit okay with my it does have a sauce. little bit of a of a little <laughs> bit of a taste it's not its own taste <laughs> but i like it <laughs> i like your you know i don't know um have you added any probiotic foods in there a friend and i are starting kombucha i haven't i try i i do get some natural you know probiotic yogurt i have occasionally i haven't done a lot that way you might want to try that. You know, th- that's what popped into my head. Did you catch that, the Tim Spector webinar that I had with him that we had in the community not that long ago? He talked about, you know, how he incorporates the probiotic foods, like the kefir and... Do you like sauerkraut? I do. I do. Yeah. Like there's a... Bubby's is the brand. They have pickles. They're they're actually... Their pickles are probiotic too. So if you can find Bubbies, everybody, that I'm not sponsored by Bubbies. I've never seen Bubbies. that in stores around here. Have you not seen Bubbies? I don't know where it. I don't think it's that's definitely a in the stores thing. here. Okay, but they <laughs> it's in the refrigerated section. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if anybody who's listening, but they have like 
a really good sauerkraut, and it's all you know probiotic. So some of that stuff isn't like pickles. It depends on how they process them. Right, just like your standard heat. jar of pickles that yeah. you might not are not going to be no. If they're especially if they're um, shelf stable and and that kind of pickle they've been boiled or whatever but bubbies have to be in the refrigerated section so but you know see if you can find some things like that like i said sauerkraut and i think it's easy to make sauerkraut too i just i think it is yeah i've never tried it but i mean i like it okay it's not i can't imagine eating a little bit every day like but i actually can't believe how much i like it and i got they have a kind that's spicy it's a spicy sauerkraut, so it has, I don't know, different peppers in there with it. And I love it on crackers. So there's, see, there's my cleanish. <laughs> you know, I'm eating <laughs> yeah. crackers. Okay, they're organic crackers, yeah, but I'm but putting the, the sauerkraut crackers. on yeah. there. They're still crackers. I, you know, I'm going to eat stuff like that every day. Oh, yeah. um, well, still, I'd like it on a big old hot dog on bun. So that's oh, see, not... that would be delicious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's cleanish. Okay. All right. Maybe if it's like an organic something, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I'll see how but. my kombucha turns out. I'm kind of excited about it. And I also am, have been really trying, you know, his suggestion of, you know, just diversity in your diet. And I've just really been, I got a new air fryer. I'm all excited about my air fryer. And so I'm, you know, trying different things in there. And, and I've just been eating a lot more cleanish and feeling good. And, you know, I've lost a couple pounds. And, and so I just feel like I got to, you know, it, it's getting into the range where it feels like a habit now. You know, like, this is how I eat. I'm not going to say I'm not ever going to go to Dairy Queen for fried cheese curds because I, I will occasionally. But <laughs> but well, I've never had fried cheese curds. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it's deep fried. It's just everything bad. I would probably like but it. If, I love you know, cheese crunch, curds. Crunchy, cheesy thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But, you know, I just can't have that stuff. I'm trying to do all the things that fit my personality, which is just sort of moderately change things. And and it actually seems to be working. I just need to not. My problem is I lose the weight really slow. So I lose a little bit and then I'll go do something, you know, for a couple of days, which I don't even think is like falling off the wagon. It just feels like, you know, sometimes you're going to go out with your friends or you're going to have a weekend away or whatever. And it all comes back plus a pound or two. And then it, it's really slow to lose it again. And so unless you just never have time, it's really hard to keep it off. It comes off a little bit and then it comes back and then it's just this constant back and forth. So I've been in the same five pound range for, I don't know, a year or more just because it of really does like sound that. like it's your body's set point. There's, it's where it, your body really. And that's something that I think we tend to think as a society that if you just try hard enough and do the right things, you can, you know, hit a goal weight, whatever it is. And you, you can look at me and here I am sitting in my goal range seven years later and here I am wearing the same pants. But my body likes this range. You know, I haven't had to fight my body to stay here. And so that's a huge part of my story. Yeah, I, I lost 80 pounds and I've been maintaining for seven years, but my body is really happy at this weight. And I think I would have to, you know, I don't think I could get lower. Like, let's say I decided I wanted to weigh 10, 15 pounds lower for whatever crazy reason I wouldn't. But let's pretend I did. I, I don't think I could get there and stay there easily. That'd be a struggle. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people fall into that trap. I see them all the time, all the time commenting, you know, but I've only got 10 pounds to lose. And they're just pushing themselves and just, I bet I got to lose these 10 pounds. And what always pops into my head is, are you sure you really 10 pounds? I mean, really? Because it might not make that much of a difference. And you're just making yourself miserable. 
over this number on the scale that you think is right. And I don't know, as we get older, I don't think that number, I mean, when I was in college, I was 215 or I mean, 115 pounds. And, 115 um, for, in college. For a short period in time there, maybe a year or something. And I think I would look emaciated now. I just don't think we can pull that off as well, you know, when you were 18 as we are when we're, you know, 58. So That's true. I was 118. The lowest I remember ever in my adult life was 118. And I'm pretty sure that was with low fat. Man, mine was just college. I was the opposite of the go to college in the freshman 15. I lost 15. Wow. Because well, how I did just, you manage that? Well, you know, some of it's not good. I was in a, a dorm and there were a lot of eating disorder stuff going on. There was a lot of disordered eating going on. I didn't, I, I don't think I have an eating disorder. I didn't. But I mean, it just like it was, that was the culture in that particular door. You know, it was like there were a lot of girls that were just, you know, they were purging and they were always on a diet or they were, just, it was just this constant thing, you know, over exercising and just craziness. And I, I, I just don't, normally go that direction but but I I found that you know I I would start skipping meals and again it was like I was you know fasting I feel like this is what's frustrating I think to me and I I'm sure a lot of the other um turtles like me can feel this way but if I had done this 15 years ago 20 years ago I think it would have just I would have fell right into my normal weight range which for me is probably 125 pounds probably how tall are you five three okay Five, three. Yep, that would probably be a very good a good weight. Yeah, I was like 130 pounds when I was in high school. I could have lost a little. You know, I was a little, you know, like, you know I got thighs. I'm a curvy person. So, but I still, you know, I was a little over. And then I lost it when I went to college. And 115 was really, you know, I felt really thin because that was the thinnest I'd been as an adult. But I think I looked good. It was It was healthy. It wasn't an unhealthy thing. But again, you know, I just, I would skip meals. I would be like, I don't want to walk all the way to the, cafeteria. So we just not, we'll just skip it. And so I would skip dinner or skip lunch or something. And it was kind of exercising and, you know, and it wasn't that hard when you're 18 and your metabolism. But I want to go back to what you just said. If you had found intermittent fasting 15 to 20 years ago, you could have handled it then gotten down to a weight that you, that you feel like probably, you know, it's true that the longer we've been overweight, the harder it is to reverse it, I think. I, I think. I think we pretty much have evidence that that is probably and plus true. menopause. Is, oh yeah, is a challenge. Things have just changed. How long ago did you go through menopause? Well, I had a. I was one of those unlucky people who had all kinds of women's issues, but didn't want to go. I, I don't like surgery. I don't like to, you know. So I just kept thinking, well, I'm going to go through menopause soon. It's going to be over. It's going to be over. Until my uterus literally started falling out. And then I went, okay, oh finally. I okay. was 50, almost 54 years old. No sign of menopause happening anytime soon. But I decided, okay, I can't take it anymore. It, it was really horrible. I was in really horrible shape every month. It was it was bad. I mean, bad. I get it because I had I had fibroids. And it was it was like that. It was this was prior to intermittent fasting. It was like 2013, I think I had surgery for fibroids, but it all started to come about in like 2012, 2013. It was miserable. It can be bad. I didn't have fibroids and I can't remember there is a word and I would I am terrible at remembering medical terminology, but they didn't know until after they 
I had a hysterectomy in 2016. After they, it wasn't like endometriosis. No, it wasn't endometriosis, okay. but there was something else, something else where it's pulling my uterus is pulling away from the side of the something. That, oh gosh, like, I don't and, know what that is, but it sounds really. They're bad. looking at it and they're going, "Oh, this is why you're like." passing out from pain or and it was bad so anyway so I finally and I thought oh and still even though that was such a great relief oh my gosh to finally get that I should have done it way before but I'm just stubborn and I like to do things the natural way and I just like I just wanted to just stick it out and get it over with naturally so so yeah so it's been 2016 so it was a year before fully a year before that I started fasting that I was already in menopause you know and is she, uh, my doctor had me on um, hormone replacement therapy for just a year. She kind of, she didn't want me to just like go into it that harshly. So she, she kind of had me for a year on a low dose and kind of tapered it off. So, so that I could kind of ease into, <laughs> ease into things a little bit more, but things are just different. It's just much, much harder to lose weight. And I'll tell you this about, and maybe I'm just that happy go lucky <laughs> positive turtle here that I feel like if I hadn't been fasting and if I hadn't, and I don't think of it this way because it's just how I live now. This is just my life. I mean, I'm just never going to change. And it's just, I don't feel like I'm doing this fasting thing. I'm just, it's just what I do. But I feel like if I hadn't done this and with menopause and the pandemic and living alone in my house where food is just a huge temptation all the time, I love to cook, you know, and I get, I have a lot of anxiety about life in general. And so food is like a, you know, so it's just a constant struggle, but without maintaining the weight that I have and even losing just a a little through all that to me is just a miracle. I know if I hadn't been fasting, I would have gained a good 20, 30 pounds like a lot of people have because it's been and I I think that is really a a fair assessment to, to make because a lot of people do gain weight slowly, steadily, up, 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 up over these years of our lives, over menopause and the stress. And just it's, it's like that switches on and the weight gain is happening. So thinking of maintenance as actually a success, some people are like, well, that sounds like a cop out. But I, yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's I know really exactly not. what you mean. I'm not saying yeah. I could have done things better or, you know, tried hard or whatever, but I'm just saying that just without it feels like a victory yeah it does it does because i i just i can feel it i mean i could just feel that i this the weight wants to stay on me and i know that if i wasn't fasting at all it would just be creeping 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 up you know so i don't know i mean it feels like it feels like a a victory to me and it's not acceptable because i'm already obese and i don't want to you know i i the thought gosh you know of gaining even more is pretty hard to bear, but I do think that without doing anything that I would have definitely gained weight. It's been... Well, I I love your positive mindset towards it because you feel better. You've had the health benefits that you talked about before. You know, you talked about you were pre-diabetic, your cholesterol is down. Any other health benefits besides those that you've already mentioned? Yeah. I used to have acid reflux, you know, like bad. I mean, it ended up in urgent care once with it because I got so it got it was so painful. And so I couldn't that I started like throwing up and it got dehydrated. And it was just, you know, I mean, I was just like, I never have it anymore. I don't I it well, I do have it if I eat, if I go on vacation or something and start eating all day or start eating later into the night, it comes right back. 
But, um, you know, I don't even, you know, like I don't even have any medication in my house anymore for it. You know, I'm going to pop in Tums all the time and stuff. You know, like, that that was something that, that I really thinking about, the fact that you're not taking any medications and me neither. I mean, I don't know when this comes out. Who knows if we'll still be sponsored by them. But I'm now sponsored by the AARP. And I'm like, can I make a joke when I'm reading the ad a little bit? I'm 52. I'm like, they might not like that. But anyway, it was talking about like all the things the ARP does. And and it talked about getting you, you know, cheaper prescription medications. And I'm like, but I'm not on any prescription medications. I, I don't am, need that benefit. I am for, for cholesterol. And cholesterol. My blood pressure, I don't know that I okay. need to be. But it's it was slightly high. And this has been, you know, 15 years ago, you know, whatever. But it's really good now. I'm pretty sure... Getting a new doctor, pretty sure I can talk him into cutting it way back or out altogether because I feel like it's really good all the time now. And I feel like if I cut the meds out on that. So that's the only thing. And none of those things were like off the charts, but I just had a doctor that thinks you got to stay on top of that. So, well, I get it. And there's a lot of different trains of thought in the medical community. The traditional, we're going to look at the labs and we're going to treat the lab number versus you know, people who have a little deeper understanding of nuances and ratios and things like that. Right. And I think also, like, you know, like I said, my my family history is bad. My, my dad's side of the family, he had bypass surgery before he was even 50 years old and um, had to, two bypass, and then another one 10 years later. And everybody in his side of the family, all especially all the men, but they died of heart attacks in their 50s. You know, and so that's yeah. That's the men in my family too. Both of my grandparent, my grandfathers died of heart attack. Yeah, and I, I feel like since I, that's the kind of the side of the family I take after. You know, I just feel like I've got that tendency for sure. I've got those bad arteries and (laughs) stuff. You know, that's that's why to do it, right? You see what our our parents and our grandparents went through. And we don't like like Alzheimer's and different types of dementia are big in the the women of my family. You know, all the women. Of course, the women really outlived the men, but the, they had all that cognitive decline. And watching it happen with both of my grandmothers, and so, you know, I don't want to have that. No, I know it's stuff like that. That has become the important thing for me now. I mean, the went the weight to come off, but it's mostly just because. I just want to feel more comfortable and I want to be more healthy. It has more to do with that than just I want to look, you know, be able to wear a bikini. I'm not going to wear a bikini yeah. at 15. Well, no, I, know. I don't wear it's a bikini. <laughs> I, do, I do have a two-piece or a couple of two-piece, but they're I have like a high-waisted. I'm a high-waisted bottoms kind yeah, of girl. Because I, <laughs> I got to tuck that stuff in. I'm I sorry. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I know me and I know I'm not going to put in some sort of a, you know, the, attention to detail it would take to get to the point where I would look decent. Not that it matters. Well, the older we get, the more we're like, here's how I look exactly. on the beach. Just look at me. It, it doesn't it's matter. It's probably not going to be in a bikini. But I, yeah. No, no, no not their problem. If they don't like the way I look. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it, too. And, you know, spending the time on the beach in the bathing suit that holds it in just a little bit. That's yeah. 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 I kind of <laughs> keep it in check a little bit. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. So what about other non-scale victories? You talked about a lot of health victories. Well, I think my favorite one, really, is my vastly improved relationship with food. I can't even believe myself sometimes now. You know, like I... I'm just like chill about food now. I'm a, a kind of an anxious person. I probably should be on anxiety meds, but things make me really anxious. And and foods, a, I just eat not because it's like a comforting thing, but because I just, I have to do something, you know, when I get like that. And so putting food in my mouth sort of does that. But I found that, you know, just having periods of time of the day where that's just, I just don't eat. I'm not going to do that. It forces me to find other ways to deal with like anxiety that I've been pushing food at myself to, to heal, you know? So I think that that's made a huge difference and just people look at me weird too, but again, I'm a planner. I'm a good, I like everything all lined up, like things like going on an impromptu road trip or something like that. Like the first thing in my mind isn't, Oh no, but that's going to be at lunchtime and there's nowhere to eat. And, you know, I just like that whole thing. And, and maybe other people don't, <laughs> understand that but for me that was kind of like a big it's so nice to just go well if I don't eat it's not I know I can go without eating for a day I don't you know it's just not a big deal anymore it's just taken me down from a 10 to a 5 on these sort of things like that is not an emergency it's not and once you know it's not it makes traveling so much easier and it just everything it's not like oh what am i going to take for my lunch if i have to go you know i've been working from home mostly which you know actually is more problematic for me because it's harder to not that's how my window creeps oh me too you know when i was a teacher and i didn't take food to work and usually anything that was there like the cafeteria food was certainly not window worthy and you know sometimes there would be like treats in there but they were really good so it was very easy to wait till I got home from work and eat. Yeah. It was so easy. And even when I take lunch, I I don't, I tend to, in the morning, I have good intentions. So I would pack a healthy lunch or whatever. But if I'm here at home, that's a little different, you know, because I'm just like, that's well, true. I got salad in I there. I got everything. There's also, you know, some, so I just try not to keep a lot of stuff in the house, but it, it's, it's hard for me not to grab stuff, but fasting makes that a lot easier. I mean, I just feel I still overeat sometimes, you know, but I, I feel like that's gotten better. I do have appetite correction. I don't listen to it always, but I know, you know, I know when I've had enough and I, I know that terrible feeling you get, you get. And it's, it's happened enough times now that I kind of think I've stopped. I stopped myself from doing it in rare occasions. I will just like really overeat something and know I'm going to just feel awful. You know, I still have that happen every now and then. It's usually at a restaurant. Yes. It doesn't happen at home. At home, I'm much better at listening at home. But when I'm at a restaurant and the food is really, really good, it also depends on like how many people are there. If it's a big crowd, I'm not as interested in the food. Right. Right. But if it's like me and Chad or something, I'm more likely to eat it all. The hardest thing for me with my relationship for food, and I noticed this when I was young. 
is there's just a different mindset. And I just sometimes I feel frustrated about this because I feel like it's just my personality and I need to address this. You know, the kind of thing where, you know, you get a pizza and you got a bunch of friends together and you get a pizza and they have a piece or two or whatever. And then they're talking and they're not even now. I'm looking at the pizza the whole time thinking there's one slice or there's two slices left. And I really want, you know, I mean, it's like I can't just not obsess about food that's there. I'm not going to like just it's really hard for me to leave stuff on my, I've gotten a lot better at that, but just like, I'm also that personality trait where I hate to waste things. I hate to waste money. I hate to waste time. I hate to waste energy. That's like kind of my little quirk in life is like, I try to find the most efficient way to do things. And so just the thought of just like, oh, there's half a sandwich or, you know, a quarter of a sandwich left. I'm just going to throw that away and move on. It's like, it goes against everything. You know, I, I really have to stop and remind myself, you know, that's either going to go in the garbage or you're the garbage can. What, so it's not needed. You don't need that food. So either way, it's getting thrown away in some it's way. It's so funny hearing you say that because that's – you and Chad have the same kind of thinking about things. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll just throw it away. Well, I'll just throw away anything, right? If I, I'm like, I'm done with this trash. And Chad will wrap up, like, the, the amount of, like, sometimes, like, he has, he has great appetite correction, but I'll eat it rather than throw it away. But not him. He stops, and he's like, he's like, okay, well, I mean, I'll throw, I will throw it away, but I'm just saying I would be more likely to eat something that was left on my plate, but I definitely am not going to save it. Oh, gosh. But he I, will. I live off leftovers. There'll be, like, two bites left of, of something, and it'll be like, I'll have that tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? I do the same thing. You're going to, okay, you can have that. Like, like we had pasta the other night and there were like, he had like five pieces of penne and like a mushroom left. He's like, I'll have that tomorrow with something. I'm like, all right, you can. (laughs) That's what my refrigerator looks like. We have like half an avocado and a third (laughs) of an orange and he'll get like some yogurt and he'll get like, you know, a little container of yogurt that you eat the whole yogurt, right? I, I mean, that's how much yogurt. That's, that's the. I don't understand not eating the whole yogurt. Not Chad. He has two bites and then wraps it up. And the next day he has two more bites. I'm like, okay. I need to get. I have a lot of friends like that. They don't want to eat leftovers. I hate leftovers. And I'm like, I love leftovers because I love to cook. I do. I really do right. love to cook. And I make food. I mean, hardly ever eat out. So I make myself stuff all the time. But for one person, you know, I'm just here by myself and it's a lot of food, you know, a lasagna or something. And some of it I freeze. I freeze stuff. I'm always freezing stuff and, and whatever. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not throwing that away. Mm-mm. Have you tried Sun Basket? I have, I have not. I have not. They have – I know they've got some really good – you know, of course, Green Chef sponsors the podcast. I love Green Chef. But Sun Basket has meals like – they have these ready meals that are just for one. Just something to, to well, I you know I usually don't I I totally get why that's a why that's a thing, but I I I cook often enough that I always in you know my little my little freezer meals like I'll cook a lasagna yep. and I'll You'll just cut them up. up and then I'll have enough for you know it's well, great that's I just pull it out of the yeah, yeah I love to cook <laughs> I miss having my like my boys are all grown up and they don't live close and I'm just like ah come over I want to cook something I want an excuse to make a big I want to make rolls that I could you know. Yeah, but for one, it's it's hard, and it, it, it does add to my overeating, I'm sure, because it's just hard to not just keep, oh, the lasagna, I cut it sort of uneven, I better cut another little teeny piece and eat. I'm one of those people, I can't just leave it alone. I always wished I was one of those people that would just go, 
oh, that's fine. And just, you know, I'm like, no, if there's one little piece, I just feel like I have to eat it and I have to, I, that's been yeah, hard. I understand. But it's better. I, I, I am better. Like what I do is I just serve myself less now. That that helps a lot. When we're sitting down to eat, I'll just I'm more likely to eat it if it's on the plate versus if I've already, you know, I like I'll like we'll have a meal for four and like maybe it's a green chef meal for four and I'll go ahead and serve all four plates. Like and the one'll be we're going to we already know we're going to wrap that up cuz it's me and Chad and Will. But we'll I'll I might give myself just a little bit less. Yeah. I've taken to doing that in restaurants where I'll just order the to-go box before I even start eating. That's a good strategy. There, and people think I'm weird, but, you know. I mean, otherwise, if it's just sitting there in front of me and the wait staff is kind of slow coming around asking if you need a box, I just, I'll eat the whole thing. I, I, I will. I'll just eat it because I'll be like, well, that's not enough to save. So I get an amount that I know is enough to save. Get, get it. Well, you got to think like Chad. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough to say. Yeah. I if you can hold Chad. it in your hand, it's enough to say. <laughs> you put enough of those little bits together and you got a whole meal. I mean, you, That's you it. laugh if you That's saw my refrigerator. It's a Chad refrigerator. No, I, I, well, I would not. Like, I, would, I, would, I mean, I, would, I probably would laugh. You're right. I, but I would get it. It looks familiar. Whereas I'm like, trash, trash, yeah. trash. He's like, what? No. I can't. It's hard for me to throw things away. It's my upbringing, I guess. I get you it. Know? I just Probably like, his as well. Yeah. My mindset is I wasted my money when I bought it. I shouldn't have bought too much. That's the way I look at it as. I've already wasted it by buying it. I shouldn't have bought I all that. I can't make that mental leap for some reason. I feel like it's still, it's just like the wasting part is in way. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know, but. Yeah, like I would like, Chad is very much like that, though. He doesn't like to throw anything away, even, yeah, but he's like, we, we bought it, we have it. And I'm like, yeah, but. It's no good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's an issue. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would say, and you know, maybe this is particularly if you're older, like I am, going to be 60 this year. The way to go into it, if you can make a mental shift in your brain and think, you know, think, yeah, weight loss is great and everything, and, and you know, chances are that's going to happen. But go into it like you would like with exercise or, or some other sort of healthy habit, you know, doing a, a crossword puzzle to, for your brain or, what, you know, go into it with the, the health aspect of it foremost in, in your head and completely separate that out from the weight loss. Say, well, I'm going to, you know, go into this going, I'm going to do this and maybe the weight will just come off. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people on on your podcast who have just like, well, I just started, you know, I just cut out breakfast and it just fell off of me. It just literally fell off of me. But not that doesn't happen. And it's so disappointing. And you see that every day. I've got a turtles, a delay, don't deny turtles group on Facebook. And the frustration level gets high, you know. And I mean, that's the only advice. Obviously, I can't give advice on this is exactly how you have to tweak things because everybody's so different. I haven't completely figured mine out yet after four years. But you have to look at that as a completely separate issue. Go into it going, this is great for my health. It's going to be better for me as I age. It's going to be, there's so many non-scale victories. I mean, I'm sure I can't even, there's a bunch that I probably just couldn't think of, you know, that I'm just totally sold on it for for how I feel and, and everything. But, you know, think of the weight losses, you know, that's, that might be something where I have to find another method, you know, you might, some people incorporate Weight Watchers, or they incorporate keto, or, you know, there might be other things that you have to do in that area, just keep it in the back of your mind when you go into it. So you're not just like blaming intermittent fasting 
for your not the weight not falling off of you. And, you know, have some patience. Our bodies are complicated. I love how Jason Fung says it. Obesity is multifactorial. Yes. There's a lot of things going on in your body. There's a lot of things in, in our environment, you know, in this age is is makes it just that much harder for people. So don't bash. <laughs> I have for not fixing every single thing in your life, you know, but it fixes so much. But you just have to go into it with that that aspect. And the attitude is every is everything. I think you're right. The attitude really is everything. And that has really come through in your episode today, Lori. And thank you so much for coming and telling your story. Well, it was great being here. Thanks for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.